I'm Maria Titizian and welcome to the Week in Review for the week of January 12. In the news, Aliyev threatens to keep Armenia in an eternal deadlock. Greece's foreign affairs minister visits Armenia and there are two non-combat deaths in one day. Well, welcome to the first Week in Review podcast for 2024. This week, we're going to start off with the ongoing peace process between Armenia and Azerbaijan. Armen Grigorian, Secretary of the Security Council, told Armenia's public television this week that the Armenian side has submitted responses to Azerbaijan on the latest draft of the peace treaty. The sides are currently working on the sixth draft. Grigorian also stated that the border commissions of the two countries are planning a meeting at the end of the month. He went on to make assurances that there can be no no question of a corridor in the peace agreement. Uh, he said, the peace agreement is first about trying to create coexistence between Armenia and Azerbaijan, and neither Armenia nor Azerbaijan have territorial aspirations towards each other. On January 10, Armenia's foreign minister, Arat Mirzoyan, during a press conference with his Greek counterpart in Yerevan, said that Azerbaijan is reluctant to explicitly recognize Armenia's borders through a bilateral peace treaty. He added that in terms of the content of the peace treaty, there is some regression in the the Azerbaijani proposals on some articles of the text and some progress in other areas. I want to emphasize that territorial integrity and inviolability of borders and border delimitation are two issues on which Armenia cannot allow any ambiguity, Mirzoyan said. Senior Azerbaijani officials said last month that the two sides should sign the treaty before agreeing on the delimitation of the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. There are fears in Armenia that Baku wants to leave the door open for territorial claims against Armenia. And recently, Azerbaijan has also been pushing for direct talks with Armenia without third-party mediators. On December 28, Azerbaijan's foreign minister, Jehum Bayramov, announced that he had offered his Armenian counterpart to hold a bilateral meeting on the Armenian-Azerbaijani border. And this week, Sarkis Khandanyan, chair of the Parliamentary Committee on Foreign Relations, told Azadutyun that Armenia has received no concrete proposal yet from Azerbaijan to hold direct negotiations at the border between the two countries. When there is such a proposal, Armenia will decide whether to accept or reject it. We can't regard public statements as proposals, Handanyan said. Handanyan added that the success of the peace process depends on Aliyev agreeing to formalize the key parameters of the peace treaty on which he and Armenian Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan verbally agreed to during their 2022 and 2023 meetings in Brussels. Those include mutual explicit recognition of each other's borders. Now, two days ago on January 10, Azerbaijan's president, Ilham Aliyev, gave a lengthy press conference to local TV channels where he spoke about the Armenian-Azerbaijani peace agenda, reiterating his ongoing demands. Speaking about the so-called Zankezur Corridor, Aliyev stated the route proposed by the Armenian side to link Azerbaijan with his exclave of Nakhichevan is, quote, completely useless, and it will not be possible to use that route uh, over the course of a year as the weather conditions and natural terrain are very harsh. The most appropriate option, according to Azerbaijan's president, is through Meghri. This is the southernmost city in Armenia. According to him, both the railway and the road should pass through there. Aliyev again insisted that people and goods should pass from Azerbaijan to Azerbaijan without any inspections. Otherwise, Armenia will remain in an eternal deadlock. And if the route I mentioned is not opened, we are not going to open our border with Armenia anywhere else, Aliyev said. 
Commenting on the border demarcation and delimitation between the two countries, Ali have noted that the issue of the eight villages, these are Azerbaijani enclaves in Armenia, is always on the agenda of Armenia-Azerbaijan talks. He said that he discussed the issue with Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan on several occasions, including during a recent informal meeting in St. Petersburg. This was at a year-end gathering of CIS heads of state. Aliyev highlighted that the matter of enclaves is currently under discussion by border demarcation commissions. He emphasized that the delimitation of the Ghazakh Davush region will be a key focus in the upcoming border commission's meeting. Aliyev clarified that of the eight villages, four are not enclaves, while four are. He went on to say that the four non-enclaves should be returned to Azerbaijan without any preconditions. Now, regarding the enclaves, he said that there is also an Armenian enclave within the territory of Azerbaijan. This is Arzavashen. A separate expert group should be established, he said, to discuss the issue. And the enclaves, again, just as a reminder, are mostly in Armenia's northern Davush region. One is in the Ararat region, bordering Nakhichevan. Speaking about Armenia's suggestion to mutually withdraw from the border, Aliyev noted that, quote, they are not going back anywhere, neither from the positions of May 2021 nor from the positions of September 2022. We are not taking a step back because that border must be defined. However, our location, which is currently disputed by Armenia, does not include any settlement. The positions and heights where we stand have never been inhabited before. Today, Armenia continues to occupy our villages, and this is unacceptable. I want to note again that this issue will be clarified during the meeting of the commissions at the end of this month, Aliyev said. Yesterday, Newslines magazine published an article claiming that through satellite imagery, they had been able to establish that Azerbaijan had built a concentration camp in Agdam before the ethnic cleansing of Artsakh uh, Armenians in September. According to the magazine, a high-ranking Armenian government official told Newslines that Yerevan possessed classified knowledge of the construction of such a structure before the September attack, saying the government believed it was intended to hold over 10,000 individuals. And speaking of Artsakh, today Russia's foreign ministry representative Maria Zakharova said that the Russian peacekeepers had fulfilled all their obligations stemming from the November 9 trilateral statement. Commenting on the ethnic cleansing of the Artsakh Armenians, she stated that Moscow wants to see documents from the United Nations or any other international organization that Yerevan trusts, proving that ethnic cleansing has taken place. On January 9, Armenia's defense ministry reported two non-combat deaths of servicemen which occurred in two military units in Armenia's eastern Kerarkunik region. Senior Lieutenant Mikhail Danielian was found dead with a gunshot wound at around 11.30 a.m. and the body of contract serviceman Garin Garabedian was discovered around 6.20 a.m. that morning again with a gunshot wound. Armenia's investigative committee announced that Danielian was shot from his own weapon and the case is being investigated investigated as causing a soldier to commit suicide during combat duty or military service. Regarding Garangara Bityan, it was established that he was shot and killed by a fellow serviceman. The latter was arrested hours later. Today, Armenia's investigative committee reported that Garabedian was shot by his uh, fellow servicemen after the two had had an argument about their military duties. The investigation is ongoing. 
This week, U.S. Special Envoy for Armenia-Azerbaijan negotiations, Louis Bono, was in Yerevan, where he met with Security Council Secretary Armen Grigorian, Foreign Minister Arad Mirzoyan, and Special Envoy for Armenia-Turkey talks, Ruben Rubinian. Grigorian said during his public TV interview that the main focus of Bono's trip was the facilitation of Armenia-Azerbaijan talks in Washington. Now, Baku had uh, canceled Bayramov's November 20 trilateral meeting with Mirzoyan and U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken in protest against what it called pro-Armenian statements made by James O'Brien, the U.S. Assistant Secretary of State for Europe and Eurasia. Also this week, a delegation of the European External Action Service, headed by Rory Dam, was in Armenia. The delegation was received by Armen Grigorian. The Secretary of the Security Council highlighted the importance of developing Armenia-EU cooperation uh, in the field of security. Grigorian noted that cooperation with the EU contributes to a stable regional security environment. The process of providing support to Armenia through the European Peace Facility was also discussed. Greece's foreign minister, George uh, Gerapatritis, also visited Yerevan this week. He met foreign minister Arat Mirzoyan, prime minister Nikol Pashinyan, and other officials. The development of Armenia-Greece relations were discussed during those meetings. On January 8, a delegation of the Russian foreign ministry met with the mayor of Gapan to discuss the opening of a Russian consulate in that town. Russia finalized its decision on opening a consulate in Gapan in November 2023, and this will be the second Russian consulate in Armenia. The first one is in Gyumri. On January 5, the head of Armenia's investigative committee, Argishti Keramian, told Armenian Public TV that Azerbaijan had confirmed that it is holding 23 Armenian POWs. According to Keramian, 17 of them were captured during the 2023 Azerbaijani assault against Artsakh. He went on to say that the Armenian side has evidence proving that there are another 32 Armenian POWs in Azerbaijani custody. Now, according to human rights lawyer Siranush Sarkisian, other than the confirmed 23, at least another 80 Armenians are still in Azerbaijani captivity. On January 9, Minister of Education Jana Antriasian met teachers uh, who have vocational education only and who were unable to continue teaching in schools as the 2010 law required that all teachers have higher education. Every year since adopting the law, the Armenian government prolonged its implementation, giving over 1,300 teachers the opportunity to receive a higher education. Last year, the government announced that it would finally implement the law. Andriasian informed the teachers that the government will pay their tuition fees if they do decide to pursue university degrees. During this week's cabinet meeting, the Armenian government decided to allocate a loan of 3.5 billion Armenian dirhams, this is just over 8.5 million US dollars, for the construction of a steel plant in Ararat. The Indian-born American owner of the factory had spent uh, close to 2 billion Armenian dirhams, around $5 million, to construct the plant in Yerask but construction was halted due to constant Azerbaijani shelling of the site. Um, as a reminder, the plant in Yeras was only several hundred meters away from the actual border. In December, the Armenian government decided to relocate the construction of the factory to the town of Ararat. And new assistance packages are being rolled out for the forcibly displaced people of Artsakh. This week, the Armenian government approved a program of providing vocational training and opportunities to gain work experience. The government will pay for the training, as well as their salaries, for three months. In the first week of January, Armenia's Prime Minister Nikol Pashinyan conducted inspections in schools and sports schools in regions near Yerevan. 
Yerevan. He wanted to do this show of quality control after the schools had been renovated with state funds. He discovered numerous issues with the quality of the products used. He also asked the education minister to check whether certain items were purchased at the best possible prices. After Pashinyan's inspections, the state supervision service launched investigations into the Urban Development Committee. Hours after his visits, the head of the Urban Development Committee and governors of the Armavir, Arakadzodin, and Lori regions were fired. Also this week, former education minister and member of the Republican Party, Armin Ashodian's pre-trial detention was prolonged for another three months. Ashodian was charged in November 2022 with abuse of power and money laundering in connection with his past chairmanship of the Board of Trustees of Yerevan's Mkhitar Heratsi Medical University. He denies the charges and calls them politically motivated. This week, the World Bank published its annual report on global economic prospects, in which it estimated a 7.1% economic growth for Armenia in 2023 and projected a 4.7% growth in 2024. And starting February 1, Armenian citizens will be able to travel to the United Arab Emirates without a visa. This was the week we had in Armenia. Thank you for listening. Have a safe and peaceful weekend, and we'll be back again next week. Mm-hmm.